0: Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm extremely excited and grateful uh, that we can be together today. And I am recording episode 10 of Weathering the Storm, and this is season five on the Scattered Abroad Network. Appreciate so much. Being on this network is a great privilege and great honor for me. And I appreciate so much all of you listening. If you haven't already, uh, we encourage you to go and subscribe to the master feed where you can find this podcast and all the podcasts on the network, to go and to subscribe to our YouTube channel, to go and like us on Facebook, check us out on Instagram, and visit our website, scoutabroad.org. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all, you can email us at the scoutabroad at gmail.com. And again, just extremely grateful to be on this network. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me to know that there are those out there who are listening and tuning in and and finding peace and finding help from the Word of God. And that's my goal. I just want to help people and bring glory to God through this effort. This today is a second part, part two, if you will, of a series on the responsibility of a gospel preacher. We mentioned in our last episode talking about Peter that of all the different things that he was, whether you talk about a fisherman, a disciple, an apostle, an elder, a husband, one thing was certainly that, that he was a preacher. And he was privileged with several opportunities to preach the gospel, to preach Jesus, including Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, the day when the church was established. And we've talked about that in our last episode, working through Acts chapter 2. Well, today we're going to come to Acts chapters 3 and 4. And here we see Peter preaching, and we see more pressure put on him. That there's some pressure put on him by the religious leaders. There's the pressure of those who are coming to them wanting to idolize them. So, again, we're going to dive into this and think about how Peter weathered the storm while understanding his responsibility as a gospel preacher. When you get into Acts chapter 3, it begins in a very interesting way. Verses 1 through 10, you have a lame man. Who is healed? We read that Peter and John went up together to the temple, the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. And when they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. When they saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, they asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. That detail comes from Luke. Luke, of course, was a doctor. Luke, the beloved physician. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So here is an undeniable miracle, a notable miracle that has taken place. And just like Jesus before could heal the lame, heal the sick, here is Peter and John. Here are apostles. They were inspired of God. They had this miraculous ability. And here, notice what Peter does. He does not say in the name of Peter. He doesn't say in the name of John. He doesn't say in my power or by my power, but rather in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That is extremely important because Peter, at this point in time, we can learn something about him. He's not doing this for his own glory, is he? He's not doing this for himself. And that is a real temptation and danger for so many who preach. It's to get caught up in, this is me. Look at, look at how popular I am. Look at all the people that I know. Look at how many people are coming. Look at all the compliments I'm getting. You know, we can learn from Peter that that was a storm that, that he handled very, very well. He was not doing this for himself. He is directing the power. He's directing the attention to God and to his son, Jesus. So with those thoughts in mind, we want to walk through chapters three and four, specifically focusing on Peter's preaching. And I want you to notice three storms with me. The two storms are storms that he had to face. And the third point is how he was able to weather the storm by doing something. And we're going to emphasize what that something is. And certainly I believe we can all make application uh, with that final point. So here we want to begin. Number one with a storm of popularity, the storm of popularity. You drop down to verse 11. It says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. And listen to the humility of Peter when he, when he answers them. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? That's great humility, isn't it? He said, why are you looking at us? Why are you amazed at us? It wasn't us. It wasn't our power. It's all about God. It's all about doing this because God empowered us to do this. So verse 13, notice how he takes the attention off of them and puts it to God. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Notice that Peter did not shy away from the fact that this the people in the crowd were guilty of putting Jesus on the cross. He wanted them to know that. Very similar to Acts chapter 2. And if you listen to last episode, we gave the example of a doctor who comes in and, and you know the patient says, don't tell me any bad news. And if the doctor were to say, okay, you're good, and leave, well, he's done a disservice, and the person did not hear the truth. Maybe they don't want to hear it, but it's needed. And that's the same thing here. They needed this truth so they knew to make changes and make corrections. You know, Peter could have just gone on his way, but he didn't. He sought this opportunity, knowing his responsibility as a gospel preacher, and he heralded the truth. Verse 17, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You compare that language with Acts 2.38, very, very similar. But notice that in both occasions, the first word is repent. They had to have a change of heart change of mind to bring about a change of life. In our previous episodes, we talked about Peter. Peter had to do the same thing, didn't he? He had godly sorrow and he was able to repent of what he did. And he obviously repented and made that change. And now he is able, with great boldness, to preach to others to do the same thing. He continues in this great sermon and he connects the prophet that Moses prophesied back in Deuteronomy 18 to Jesus being the great prophet. He talks about Samuel and all the prophets. They all foretold these days. They all talked about Jesus coming. And in verse 25, he says, You are the sons of the prophets and the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, In your seed all families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first God, having raised up His servant Jesus, sent Him to bless you and turning away every one of you from your iniquities. So that's the storm of popularity. That is a real storm that gospel preachers face. Again, there's, there's popularity, there's prestige, people are coming and patting you on the back, and it's all about you and you and you and your ability and your, uh, your presence in the pulpit or things of that nature. Listen, that's not what it's about. And Peter gives us a great example of that. There are other examples, too. You think of the Apostle Paul. He said, if anybody preaches any other gospel, let him be accursed. You know, There are some who compromise the truth because they, they really like the popularity. And if they were to preach something that was true, well, that's not what everybody wants to hear. And you think about 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning there in verse 3. Paul told Timothy to preach the word. He said, because there's coming a time when people don't want to endure sound doctrine. But they'll heed to themselves teachers having itching ears. They'll be turned away from truth and unto fables. So somebody can have thousands and thousands and thousands of people pack into a football stadium and get up and preach. But if they're not preaching the truth, they're not preaching the true gospel. Why are they really doing it? If they're put on the spot and they know that what they're preaching is error and they continue to preach it, then perhaps it it comes back to this popularity. They, They love that. They love the praise of men. You think about what Jesus said about the Pharisees. That was their issue, wasn't it? They loved to be called rabbi, rabbi. They loved to have the seat in the marketplace. They loved for everybody to come to them. And Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 6, don't do your own before men to be seen of men. Don't be hypocritical like the Pharisees. Don't go out and do this so you can be seen by others and they can get, they can glorify you, but rather... Do these things to the glory of God. Peter was able to do that. The storm of popularity is a real storm that a lot of folks face, especially gospel preachers. So again, Peter was able to weather that by his humility and by staying focused on Jesus. Of course, Jesus himself is a great example of this. In John chapter 6, when he fed the 5,000 plus, they came to, to basically anoint him as king. And you see Jesus making his way out of the crowd because that's not what it was about. Later in John 18, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not some kind of earthly kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's the church. And Jesus was able to weather that storm as well. So here's Peter weathering the storm of popularity. In the second place, let's consider that Peter was able to weather the storm of physical harm. Now, this is not something that we face as much today in our world, but in the first century, especially here as as the church is in infant stages and and you have the gospel being spread throughout Jerusalem, you had a lot of pushback. And there were people who did not want to hear it. You remember Saul of Tarsus? He felt like Christianity was, you know, a slap in the face to Judaism, and he didn't want anything to do with it. So in his mind I'm going to wipe. I'm going to wipe as many Christians out as I can. We read that in Acts chapters eight and nine, Galatians 1, 23 and following. He he talks about the one who, you know, tried to destroy the faith is now preaching it. Well, when we think about what takes place here in Acts chapter four, here's a real storm of physical harm. You know, somebody could be preaching and teaching and be bold, but then when somebody carries them off, somebody beats them. Somebody threatens them. Will they continue to preach? Will they continue to weather that storm? Well, let's, think, let's see what Peter did. In Acts chapter 4, beginning there in verse 1, says, Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They laid hands on them. They put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. And however, many of those who heard the word believed the number of the men came to be about 5,000. You know, I find that that's so powerful that, that yes, there was persecution and yes, there were those who didn't want to hear it. But because Peter and John and the others were spreading the gospel, now you've got a number up to about 5,000 Christians. And that's so awesome to think that even when there's pressure and persecution, there can still be growth. And that's encouraging when we think about it. So this is a storm of physical harm because you have these religious leaders, those with, as far as the world's concerned, and as far as that area is concerned, had authority to punish them for preaching. They were very disturbed about it. In fact, you keep going there in verse 5. It came to pass on the next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many as Ezra, well, the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? In other words, what gives you the right to stand here and preach these things? What gives you the right to tell other people that they're wrong? They need to repent. They need to change. Are there any people like that in our world today? You can't say that. That's not politically correct. Or. The idea of cancel culture. You know, you share a Bible verse and and somebody gets blocked on social media. Listen, the persecution is is nowhere near what it was in the first century. But don't be mistaken. Christianity is absolutely opposed by the majority of our society today. We can learn from Peter, though, that we got to stay the course. When you continue reading there, In verse 8, it says that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people, elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I love the boldness and the conviction of Peter. Peter knew this. He had seen the Lord. He had walked with the Lord, talked with the Lord. He saw the risen Lord. He has full conviction and he lets them know, listen, he's the only one that can save you. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. John 6. Peter knew this fact all along. But you see him, even in the face of persecution, even in the face of physical harm, boldly he proclaims truth. And again, as gospel preachers, if it ever comes to that, we need to have that same conviction so we can weather that storm as well. So continuing in this account, verse 13 says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. What a compliment. You know, can people say that about us? That person's been with Jesus. That person has been walking through the Word of God and making an application. I think that's a great compliment to Peter and John. Verse 14, Seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. When they had commanded them to go outside of the council, They conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Very, very similar to John chapter 11, when Lazarus was raised from the dead. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. All right, so here comes the storm. Here comes this this very real possibility of Peter and John not only being threatened, but being severely punished, beaten, imprisoned, and maybe even have their life in danger if they keep on preaching the truth. So what are they going to do? Are they going to cave? Or are they going to weather the storm in such a way that gives us great encouragement and motivation? Let's see as we continue reading. Verse 18 of Acts chapter 4. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over forty years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed, see they 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 knew this was a real miracle, it was genuine, it was positive, they had done nothing wrong, and the people could clearly see what was taking place, and so they passed the test, didn't they? They weathered the storm, knowing the real danger of being harmed, and they stayed true to God to his word. But that brings us to our final point. As we think about now the storm, when you combine all of this, the popularity, the persecution, all of this together, they were able to weather the storm through the power of prayer. We talk about prayer a lot in this podcast when it comes to weathering the storm, and we need to remember that no matter how bold or how strong we may think we are, We don't have that without God. We need to make sure that we stay in constant contact with Him before, during, and after the storms of life. And that's what we find here with Peter. Peter and John, they're human beings. And you know this had to to, to bother them to an extent. That, hey, we're out here preaching and the church is growing, but but listen, there's some heat on us. So what do we need to do? How, How can we make sure that we stay the course and weather the storm? Let's pick up at verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own companies and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? Kings of the earth took their stand. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed." Both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God. With boldness. There we see the power of prayer. We see God coming to their aid. And we see these these men, including Peter, understanding that, listen, times are getting harder. And instead of caving, instead of giving in, I need to be stronger. I need more boldness. I need to be prepared for a further battle because they're coming. And that's the thing about weathering the storm, is when you get through that first storm, understand another one's on the horizon. But also know that, hey, I've been battle-tested. And I'm stronger now for the next one that comes. And so I love the attitude of Peter and John and the others who go to God in prayer saying, listen, the threats are real. All the prophecies that talked about it is coming true. We're living through it. So be with us. Give us boldness. Allow us to continue to preach your son and to glorify you. And God, no doubt, was with them. And the church continued to grow. In fact, we find in verse 32, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So by Peter weathering the storm of popularity, whether in the storm of persecution and physical harm, and by doing this with the power of prayer, was able to uh, get through this and be better for it. But not only was Peter strengthened, not only was Peter encouraged, but everybody around them were able to gain that encouragement and confidence they needed to move forward for the cause of Christ. I want to thank you so much for listening today as we continue this series of Peter as a gospel preacher. He understood his role And he fulfilled it to a T. He stayed focused on preaching Jesus and doing so to the glory of God. And may all of us who preach do the same exact thing, no matter what. Again, thank you so much. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Cable and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network. And we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network. And we're grateful to God for this opportunity don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.